0: It was funny, the blank slate, because it's still got the search box thing. Because one of my jokes with prompts was, I'm a writer, I'm good, I can figure out how to ask good questions, because that's really what it's about. But it's still got that really yeah, intimidating yeah, yeah. blank white space. What do I do? Which yes. is Word, which is like, but well, I was laughing because in a separate pod I'm doing, a, I was looking at Character AI, which was getting two hour sessions basically by putting a picture yeah. and a persona. To this like uh, person that's helping you, and in essence, that's sort of like an agent, but an yeah. agent with a face. Because what's funny is, as I, I was, I'm not pushing you into like something like that, but it was fascinating to me that to me, it's almost like if I put a, I humanize yeah. it, God, big quotes. I'm just putting a picture on Avatar. it. Does that cause one of the big fears is fear of the blank space in the prompt. And that's a really interesting finding that I don't think most yeah. people And we think do like that
1: one of the one of the one of the most magical moments of, of products that we shipped are because you know effectively the user comes in and says, Tell me about November's performance. And to do that, and you know, large language models are yeah. slower than, you know, old school API call and response. Um, there's also, you know, we're doing a lot of things under the hood yeah. to get a yeah. response. And so, one of the early products we shipped, you'd say, you know, tell me about performance in November. And it'd take us 10 seconds to respond to that query, you know, which, you know, it's going to take you a lot longer than that to go get the data yourself. But it's still like 10 seconds where you're shouting into an empty cave. Yeah. And so, we kind of built these initial. <laughs> Responses to the user to explain what the agents are doing to get your uh, data, and so like, you give me performance in November. Thanks for your question. We're going off to find your data. Right, we've got your data. We're analysing your data. Right, we've now got your. We've analysed your data. Here's your response. And just like again, being a bit friendlier with the user, we've seen a step change in 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 productivity of, of the tool. So, yeah, I think you're, you're 100% right.
0: Now, that is human-centric design. Not necessarily from the very beginning, because when we start out with technology, we want it to work, but it's about how human beings use it. And on the AI Optimist this week, we're talking about not only a people first design, but by nature, how odd it is that the blank slate that was confusing early people to this gen AI tool that helps them move beyond like looking through spreadsheets of Excel and going into the data called affiliate.ai. The founder, Rob Beresford, joins me to talk about his product that allows people to chat with their network data. It gives them a way to communicate, get answers, generate reports, it even helps them. In the early stages right now, they're working on something to create quarterly business reviews, specific tasks that are automated, but it all starts with how the people are going to use the technology. Because this is about AI agents and also about people using the tech. We assume the AI will just be the agent. It takes time. It takes training. It takes upskilling. Rob shares his startup story, how people didn't immediately understand how to prompt and ask questions And more importantly, how he pivoted from a similar web affiliate model selling access to data to one that actually provides a service that saves one to three hours a day. Helping with that, he adds the human touch, keeping the app friendly. And he shares that Excel may be more powerful than AI for a simple reason. Everyone uses it. Hey, food for thought. Let's dive in. But what's the perception you sort of see in general from the industry towards so AI? Um, there
1: is, you know, high level excitement as much as you know, there is anywhere in online. We have kind of a couple of different core users. We are selling into the CEOs of affiliate marketing, whether that be agency, advertiser or, um, or network. And they're excited by, you know, the productivity gains and um, being more efficient and the longer tail and being able to service more clients and make more money. The kind of, you know, affiliate managers are equal parts excited because, you know, they all spend a big chunk of their day doing dumb work that they'd rather not do. But they're also, you know, worried that, you know, this technology will, will take their jobs. Um, and so we we spent a lot of time kind of navigating those worries. Everybody is serving the enterprise
0: companies. That's their customer. That, that's their ICP. We are not. None of us. I'm yeah. talking billions, yeah. right? This is like unicorn stuff. You got data. You got relationships. Biggest time waste, 20 to 40% of pretty much every business, I'm making a very yeah. blanket statement, but God, most people sit around shuffling data. Your program actually works towards affiliate managers being able to use large language models to speak to data. Am exactly, I correct in yeah. looking at so that we, way?
1: The way we best explain it to, to our customers or prospective customers is we we allow you to chat with your affiliate network data. And the connotations of that is you can say, you know, how did we perform last week? Or how did my client perform last week? Or you can say, you know, which publishers are underperforming? Or you can go as far as, and and this is something we are um, shipping an MVP of in the next couple of days, like write me a QBR. And so you're still chatting with your affiliate data, but actually, The things that happen kind of under the hood to, if you think about a QBR, you know, we are in the middle, it's the 10th of January, we're in the middle of QBR season from most people's peak period. And that involves, you know, a human spending Mm -hmm. one, two, three business days, pulling data, analyzing the data, and putting together what's effectively a templatized PowerPoint presentation about performance over the last three months and like if that's and and the way the way we think about solving these problems are call it an eight-hour job like how do we automate or how do we use ai to get rid of the first let's start with the first two hours of that job and then let's do the third hour and like if you can go you know write me a qbr and that goes away and pulls the data analyzes the data and present it back to you we very quickly shave the first two hours of your morning. And then if we analyze the data and say, yeah, you're up year on year because of A, B, and C, then that's shaved another hour off your morning. And if you are running 20 accounts and you're spending probably the next two weeks doing those things, those, those efficiencies really mount up. It's that like level of tasks because
0: it's always funny and in any business if you have people doing the busy work you can see (laughs) it in their eyes and it's and it's it's the attention right no because it's sort of like they they can't it sucks it's like this is the worst part and for me a lot of the people I'm talking about are actually doing what you're doing with data you make the data intelligent by a large language model allowing you to converse the data is still just the data. But what's funny is the data, like the stuff you're getting for affiliate managers, has a wonderful like predictability for most of them. I would imagine. Like, so, do you use prompts? Do you give them? I wouldn't even. I don't even know if I'd use the word prompts because it's probably a little different. But would you use? Yeah. Those so actually, to help it
1: was one of the one of the things that I underestimated when we kind of shipped early versions of the product. That yeah, you know, we were kind of onboarding people, and people were like, "What? Well, like, what question shall I ask?" And I'm like, "You can ask anything you want. This thing's incredible. You can." Ask. And so, like, we talk about you know, the well, start off with like the blank canvas problem. Like, when presented with a kind of drop down chart interface with your data, you're kind of pre- you're effectively presented with a series of options that you can do: change the date range, rank by this. When you're presented with an open chat box, people are kind of people don't know what to do. And so actually we've had to put a a lot more time and effort than I initially thought we would in you know on telling people what types of questions or telling people what questions they can ask, telling them what good questions look like. Um and kind of really onboarding them to this kind of new paradigm where like, the options are almost unlimited, which you know, can be crippling when you have you know, a, a flashing pixel waiting for you to ask a question.
0: It was funny, the blank slate, because it's still got the search box thing. Because one of my jokes with prompts was, I'm a writer. I'm good. I can figure out how to ask good questions, because that's really what it's about but it's still got
1: that really intimidating blank white space. What do I do?
0: Which is word, which is like, but I was laughing because in a separate pod I'm doing, I was looking at character AI, which was getting two hour sessions, basically by putting a picture and a persona to this like person that's helping you. And in essence, that's sort of like an agent, but an agent with a face. Because what's funny is as, I was I'm not pushing you into like something like that, but it was fascinating to me that to me it's almost like if I put a I humanize yep. it, God, big quotes. I'm just putting a picture on Avatar it. Does that cause one of the big fears is fear of the blank space in the prompt? And that's a really interesting finding that I don't think most yeah. people and we do think about. like
1: One of the one of the one of the most magical moments of, of products that we shipped are uh, because you know, effectively, the user comes in and says, "Tell me about November's performance." And to do that, and you know, large language models are yeah. slower than you know old school API call and response. Um, there's also you know we're doing a lot of things under the hood yeah. to get a yeah. response. And so one of the early products we shipped, you'd say, "You know, tell me about performance in November," and it'd take us ten seconds to respond to that query. Yeah, you know, which you know, it's going to take you a lot longer than that to go get the data yourself. But it's still like ten seconds where you're shouting into an empty cave. Yeah. And so we kind of built these initial responses to the user to explain what the agents are doing to get your uh, data. And so, like, you know, give me performance in November. Thanks for your question. We're going off to find your data. Right. We've got your data. We're analyzing your data. Right. We've now got your we've analyzed your data. Here's your response. And just like again, being a bit friendlier with the user, we've seen a step change in in, in productivity yeah. of, of the tool. So yeah, I think you're you're hundred percent right.
0: It's really weird thing how not not to like humanize it, but I i I have a program I call AI People First, which is, and you, you developed this stuff, so it's not like I'm inventing this, but it's the idea that people in, at the enterprise level with AI talk about AI first. So we look at something and can we do it with the machine without people? And that's like 10% productivity, totally get it. And totally like, especially at the billion dollar, 10,000 employee level I don't exist at, you're flying major like people and stuff, but us people down here in the regular world. You start with like, what's the problem I can solve for the person? Can I get AI to do it? Maybe because I agree with you. The affiliate manager is funny because a lot of people say they'll be replaced by AI. And here I'd love to pose a question to you because that comes to the crux of it. It's data and relationships. And I don't see AI, even though I love seeing you doing email, which is really important for notifications and things that help. Talk to us about how AI is able to actually help maybe i'm reading this free their time from the data so they can seriously do what they need to do with relationships which is yeah. Like never yeah i think
1: done. the way and um benedict Evans, who's um you know a great media commentary from here ex ex and reason he talked about you know when um mm-hmm. microsoft launched excel you know we didn't get less goldman sachs analysts we got more Goldman Sachs analysts because now we could kind of do more <laughs> things with more data. Yeah. And so I do think that, you know, AI, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, the tools that we are building become the same thing. So you can just, you don't have less people doing the same number of things. You have more people doing more things because all of a sudden you can, the things you can do is, is infinitely greater. And so, you yeah, know, there is, there's a big relationship piece at the top of affiliate marketing, but there's also, you know, it's a channel that doesn't scale particularly well um, because there's so many, you know, human interactions that happen, and what what that means is that most affiliate program kind of overindex to a small number of publishers because it's difficult to hold those relationships with you know, affiliate program with with a thousand different publishers. And so I kind of see that that stretching as you can become more efficient with the things that you can do.
0: Well, then that's what I would see to the question of agencies and to the specific role of an affiliate manager. One, what, is a, what does this really solve for them? Which I, I would think would be your sweet spot or at least heading into that direction. And two, would it ever be able to replace eventually an affiliate manager? And is that really its intention? So you yeah, there's there's a
1: bunch of different affiliate programs. So we'll start with the kind of agency side. And agencies are yeah. you know under pressure take rate wise, a huge amount of competition in the market. They're kind of being squeezed by their competitors, and they're sort of always being asked to do you know, more with less and so we're looking to drive efficiency there again if it, we can get two two qbrs out of an account manager's day rather than one qbr in an account manager's day then you know what is that what difference does that make for for a, a, an affiliate program um there's also a huge set of advertisers that can't afford an agency don't do the volume necessary for an agency or don't make the margins necessary for an agency um, or can't afford to in t- to hire someone internally, and so there's huge swathes of a- affiliate marketing that is managed by a VP of marketing, a CMO, or a founder CEO that has an hour a week to run the affiliate yeah, yeah. program, and so actually, you know, those are a similar but very different problems where. Like if you have an, if, if the CMO has an hour a week to deal with their affiliate program, how do you maximize the work she can do yeah. in that hour rather than kind of logging into an affiliate network?
0: Well, and it's, it's interesting in terms of like AI and also our understanding of data, because to me, one of the things that AI does is move the analysis and the interaction from the spreadsheet, which is, I love, I'm an Excel geek. I love them. I yep. had to learn to love them. Like, uh, there's just no way it could work without them. But now, talk a little bit of how this is, like, better than, like, for example, staring at rows, even if you can sort them of your best affiliates and putting in something more personalized and customized than just what an Excel spreadsheet yeah, yeah. generally I can see. do.
1: We- Still use Excel spreadsheets as the building block for our outputs for affiliate managers, and so I do mm-hmm. like we think through you know the automated QBR that um, that we've built in our building. You know that is um, user prompt. You know, write me a QBR for my session with Declan next week, and that involves you know pulling the data out of the network putting it in an organized way into Excel, because you're, you're going to want to manipulate it, and then giving mm-hmm. the account manager some analysis of that um, of that data set, which you're still presenting to them within Excel. I think it's about, well, for me, and the problems we are fixing and helping to fix are, again, taking those eight-hour tasks and making them five-hour tasks. And so that's, you know, and you then giving the user the building blocks to do the last three hours. And so I think that's still in Excel for a long time, Mm. but, you know, getting it into Excel, getting it, and like affiliate marketing data still kind of sits outside of Excel as long as if it's pre-populated. So I think, you know, I think we see you know excel and powerpoint yeah. as as still being the the kind of front end of business for a long time and so we're using those as tools rather than things we're looking to replace i think the uh, you know a lot of the things on our roadmap are around you know not large language models ai but machine learning and modeling um data problems like if if I did a thousand bucks last week for my program, what will I expect to do next week? if I change these things what will, what impact will it have, which again is still you know the building blocks are still you know natural language prompt in how many sales will I do next week out to building blocks of Excel to then allow the user to to um to kind of interact with that and so yeah we're not doing any specific mm-hmm. fraud work at the moment but you know start to build predictive analysis into we know you know we know what happened in the past therefore we should be able to predict what happened in the future um which is oddly something that affiliate marketing's never done no, totally i've even like seen like no one in affiliate marketing is really which is which just <laughs> confuses me which it makes me excited and worried that you know, this channel's been around for 20 years and sat on a you know more data or more independent data than probably any marketing channel alive, and kind of hasn't built a predictive. And like if when we go to spec, you know how do we build forecasting products? You know, we're using relatively old technologies to build those products. We're not building. We're not using any technologies that, you know, we couldn't have used 18 months ago.
0: But I mean, if you're taking AI and data, can you talk a little bit about because you're using generative AI to communicate to this? And I know this is sort of the dummies 101 yeah. in a good way section. But you versus what's really what I consider was AI till about the release of ChatGPT. I joke. Um as machine learning because everything was machine learning and everybody's eyes would cross when I would talk to them about machine learning. And now generative AI has that communication thing. One, how do you use generative AI um, and why was it sort of like you just put this up? And two, I also heard earlier your real focus on machine learning and automating a lot of this, which I think to me is like, because there's stuff that's just beyond people's yeah.
1: concepts. Do be we we think about the two in very different ways. To the point where so I you know left my last job you know until end of two twenty twenty two and i I had written half written a business idea by a swimming pool on holiday after you know a drink about you know this similar web of affiliate marketing where you know there are you know there are these public api's you know you Effectively, take a bunch of people's data, you combine it and sell it back to them, and that you know that's largely you know, a machine learning problem. You know, it's it's tables and it's comparing things and it's pre- predicting things, and you know, it's a it's a a really nice, pretty database with a front end on it. And like as I'm writing that business plan or fleshing out that business plan, the open AI APIs launch. And that really changed the things we could start to build. And so we think about that kind of natural language input as things that we could all of a sudden build on. And like we were thinking like you can chat, oh, wait, hang on a second. You can take natural language and convert that into a SQL query. And it was like that moment where I'm like, here, like we're writing SQL code real time based on you like, wow, like that's a thing. Like this like we've all we've all gone to our business insight team and like asked them to pull some niche data that we needed. And it's kind of sat in a Jira ticket for a week to tell you. You know your SQL guy has has gone to run, gone away, and written a SQL query and and run it for you. Like, hang a second. If I can get Chat GPT to write a SQL query based on kind of any open ended input, and like, that was the moment you are like, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. We'll get back to the similar web thing later. Let's let's run it like this, like open ended way of of again chatting with your data. And so yeah, it's that generative thing that's kind of really changed the trajectory of what we were doing. And like I think we'll get back to the machine learning stuff. Um, But it's kind of it's less exciting mainly because, you know, that toolkit's been around forever. What do you know
0: about AI that few in the affiliate industry really understand?
1: He'd say actually disagree yeah, yeah, yeah. with you on um, <laughs> I think dance. what people don't understand, but like, we, we currently see the talking heads talking about how AI is going to change every corner of how we do business and how, live our, how we live our lives. I don't think many people understand quite how far away that is from reality. It's very easy to go into ChatGPT and, you know, the large language models like gpt 4 are very good at, you know, write me a blog article about, you know, this thing and kind of freeform text and freeform, free-form text in and freeform text out. But actually, like confining it to doing useful things in a consistent way is still Like really hard, and like the developer tools just don't exist as yet, and so you know everyone's and and we were the same. Like I incorporated the company on um, the eighth of January, and our original business plan, we were going to ship a working product in the middle of March, and it was going to be great, and it was going to work all the time. That couldn't like we had to iterate so many times on um, getting it right, just because. Well. Well, AI or or certainly large language models superficially look very impressive right now. There's very little AI technology in production being used by people because a lot of the tech just isn't, it isn't production ready. What you're doing to me is helping people
0: make the data more intelligent so that they can, and actually with prompts, can actually be communicating and Don't get me wrong, but there's the data bluffers, and there's (laughs) people who know data that at any affiliate event, we're always testing each other out. Do you actually know what those numbers mean, or are you just saying them? How does it like, how do you take, and what do you see as sort of like shaping, I think, a really better relationship with data than most people have, because most people don't have a really great math. Yeah. There's also,
1: you know we purposely built all of our front ends in Slack, Teams, and Google Chat in an attempt to bring the data to the user, like rather than, you know, taking them into an affiliate network where they might not be comfortable, they might have forgotten their login. Like, how do you, you know, intertwine the data in their daily lives rather than kind of making it something new and confusing? The AI Optimist. My name's Declan and I'm done. See you next time.